one of the, the, the biggest and most important strengths and skills we can have is grit and perseverance, resilience, and being able to understand all of the different parts of who we are and, as you said, things that we may be responsible for and bringing them into that ecosystem that includes our passions, our desires, what brings us that sense of accomplishment. I'm Krati Mehra and this is Beyond the Goals podcast. It's my attempt to help you revel in all that life has to offer without pressing pause on your hustle. We learn how to create healthier relationships, a healthier lifestyle, a career that brings us true joy and a life that satisfies us on every level. Forget the conventional ideas of success and happiness because we're going to live a life of value and create an impact that speaks to our place in the world. So let's get started. Welcome back, guys. Welcome back to the show and to episode number 24. Today's episode is somewhat inspirational and majorly informative because we'll be talking about authenticity. Now, authenticity is something we all like to toss around whenever we find ourselves logged in a battle with the world, trying to force us into assuming a role that is not in alignment with who we truly are, or at least who we think we are, right? Now, a few years ago, authenticity to me was mostly aggressive defiance in the face of authority, uh, giving my brutally honest and (laughs) mostly unsolicited opinions about things that very often didn't concern me. But things have changed since then. Now, I honor my idea of authenticity by living a life that's in alignment with my core values by doing what I love in a responsible way and making sure that I never take my pleasure at someone else's expense. And I do not feel the need to make a show out of it, to be public about it, to be loud about it. And definitely, definitely do not feel the need to be aggressive about it. And, you know, there's this saying, and I don't know about a source, but it goes something like this. If you knew me yesterday, you don't know me anymore. I grow daily. We're constantly changing. As we learn, we have new experiences, we change. Our ideas and beliefs change, hopefully for the better. The same goes for who we believe ourselves to be, how we see ourselves, what we imagine a place and role in the world to be, the values that drive us, all of that. All of it influences our idea of authenticity or what our authentic self looks like, just as it did with me. So today, we learn a little about the concept of authenticity, And I think there are many facets to it. We can be authentic in so many different ways. So today we'll cover some of it, okay? But more importantly, we learn about how best to explore the concept independently. Explore our own psyche, belief system, motivations, needs, and desires to put together a clearer picture of who we are at our authentic best and how to go about it. And I want to share a quote by Brene Brown here. Authenticity is a collection of choices that we have to make every day. It's about the choice to show up and be real. The choice to be honest, the choice to let our true selves be seen. Hold on to that for a second because I have another quote here by Roy T. Bennett, which goes something like this. If you don't know who you truly are, you'll never know what you really want. So to be authentic, you have to start by getting to know yourself and then learning what authenticity means to you. And our guest, Amelia Cruz, has, I think, done a great job answering both those concerns and everything in between. A little introduction here. 
Amelia is a creative leadership coach, transforming professionals and entrepreneurs into flourishing leaders of work and life. She helps her client learn ways to see and utilize life challenges, dilemmas, and hardships as opportunities to grow and evolve authentically. She believes that cultivating our emotional intelligence can help us be more self-aware, control and express our emotions, and handle interpersonal relationships judiciously and empathetically. She has coached creative professionals and entrepreneurs through challenges and transitions so they can authentically grow their unique form of leadership, tap into their innate strengths and underlying values, passions and motivations to build authenticity in thought and action. She has coached individuals from companies like Google, Spotify, Anomaly, Airbnb, Calvin Klein, <laughs> NBA, and many, many more. It is a very long list. You can find it on the episode page or Amelia's website. The links are, as always, in the episode description. What you need to know is that in this episode, Amelia has shared a lot of her wisdom and experience to answer our questions around authenticity and how best to live an authentic life. So let's dive in. Thank you so much for making time for this conversation. Absolutely. I want to start with authenticity. It is an important topic. So everyone is struggling to be more authentic in their life. But at the same time, there are certain demands on your time, on your resources that are more practical than anything else in nature. And how do we balance authenticity with our practical needs? And how do we go about bringing more authenticity to our life? Yeah. Um, so, God, I could answer that question or those questions in, in many ways. I, I, I think it's best just to start with what authenticity actually is. Um, so, so authenticity is really to be true to yourself, to not deceive yourself, to, to know who you actually are. So that there's work that needs to be done first to understand who you are um, at your core. So, you know, what I advise my clients often to do is to do, you know, some, I guess, just self-knowledge exercises, delving into what are my core values? What is the value system that I actually want to run my life off of? Um, and really seeing whether you are in line with your values. Um, understanding what your intrinsic motivations are versus extrinsic motivations or the motivations of other people. Um, understanding what your characteristics and your traits are, your strengths, as well as the kind of other side, which is just as important. You know, what what is our inner critic saying? What are all the different voices in our heads saying? When are we being driven by fear? When are we being driven by you know, true purpose and meaning. So understanding, like, there's an ecosystem within us um, that is constantly shifting and changing. We're bringing in information from the outside. We've got information sources on the inside. So you, that's that's um, really kind of important to, to create a foundation for yourself, um, first off. And then really kind of making sure that we have this practice of being aware in the moment so I just call it like presence right present self-awareness and if we can build a habit of of taking pause even if it's just for two seconds in moments of of 
possible you know conflict or challenge or we may feel a bit lost in how to make a decision um, having that practice of stopping and considering okay what what's going on for me what is what am I trying to tell myself here um, as well as understanding what the situation and external sources are telling you as well being able to have that social awareness so as you can see there's like there's a lot of moving parts to this so it is a practice in order to become more authentic um, I could keep going but but yeah maybe just um, remind me of um, of the actual question before I keep keep talking <laughs> <laughs> So, so so far I think we've talked about what you were going to tell me what authenticity means to you you've shared the sort of the methods you recommend to as we go about bringing more authenticity to our life what can help us do that but you were going to start by telling me what authenticity means to you yeah I mean you know and just to kind of introduce what I do so I'm a leadership coach so I I work with professionals and, and entrepreneurs to help them develop their emotional intelligence and their authentic leadership style, not just in their professional lives, but in their personal lives, right? Really creating a holistic picture of, of who you are and how you show up in, in various different scenarios. So, you know, authenticity to me, really to go off what I was saying before, is to follow that guiding light um, you know, that is within all of us, you know, to live a life of purpose um, and, and meaning and fulfillment. And only you, only I can know what that is, you know, for myself and for yourself. Um, so it really is about doing, doing that internal work, but then also making sure that you know how to be in the world. You know, as, as we've talked about before, there are constantly obstacles, you know, triggers, um, other people's motivations and what they want for you. People have agendas, right? So you're constantly bombarded with, um, with so many uh, people and, and, and things in the world that try and kind of almost steer you off course. And so we need to have that kind of, you know, internal compass, if you will, to help us keep moving along that path that is authentic to us and only we can know that. Um, so it's kind of a balance between that internal work but also that, that you know, building that ability to um, manage the challenges and, and, and obstacles um, on our path along right. the way. Absolutely. That makes sense. But if you were to talk, like you said, that you have to be aware of what your motivations are, what your values are. And I absolutely agree that you need to know your values before you can actually make any decision that is going to count towards your end goals and towards creating value in your life. But if you were to talk about what practical steps people can take to actually become more self-aware, what do you suggest people do? Yeah, I mean, to get really sort of... Um practical as you say I mean there's some pretty good exercises out there um, one of my favorites that I, I often give my clients um, pretty early on in a coaching engagement is just called value strengths um, and it you know it's about sitting down and, and really reflecting and thinking through what those core values are and how you define them so I might say one of my core values is uh, empathy 
but how I experience empathy and how I define it might be different to how you define it. The other interesting aspect of this exercise is that I get people to kind of just rank their current satisfaction in that value. How often and how much is that value showing up in your life? And it just gets you to really reflect and say, gosh, I really value empathy. But when I think about my day to day and how I'm showing up at work, I'm not that empathetic because I'm pretty stressed out. There's a pandemic. And I've, I've just sort of forgotten I've lost sight of how to be empathetic how to practice that and so it allows us then to go okay that's that's no problem but how, how do you want to start bringing that back into your daily life what does it look like and and the powerful thing about coaching is that we go deep into this stuff right um, but we always we always end with okay but how do you action this how do you move forward how do you experiment with it and get really specific um, then that helps your brain to start you know actually um, moving in that direction and, and and building habits that are in line with that core value system okay uh, and we also talked about present self-awareness. What are your tools of choice? Because I know we have like so many, the so many go-to mindfulness tools, but what are the ones you prefer? Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it, it's a really fascinating topic and, and absolutely it's been talked a lot about lately and for good reason. Um, it is mindfulness. Um, the first most important thing you need to do is recognize um, and 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 be able to place yourself in an instant, right? So that requires you to be conscious, um, to be aware. That's the most important thing. If you can't step outside of yourself in that moment, then you can't practice mindfulness and make conscious decisions that are in line with your authentic self. Um, and so it's like, how do you do that? How do you snap yourself out of you know a, a situation in order to observe it and have perspective and, and make a choice? I, I often think that kind of using all your different senses and also having that body-mind connection. So an example of a body-mind connection, and quite simply, <laughs> might sound strange, but, you know, often I'll, I'll have conversations with clients where, yeah, they're in a stressful meeting, right, and they feel emotionally hijacked and that they can't quite, you know, get to a place where they are making, you know, good good decisions in line with their values. I, I try and get them to get their mind uh, connected with their body right? So can you, you know, be really aware of your hand, you know, resting on your knee? Or can you put your thumb to your palm and press it, right? Like lightly. But can you do something to bring your awareness back to your body, which often then can easily lead to your awareness back to your mind. And then the sensory experience is, is one that you know, lots of therapists and psychologists will, will use as well, which just, you know, just to kind of ask yourself, okay, what do I see? What do I smell? What do I taste? What do I hear? Right? And it brings you immediately back to that moment and it gives you perspective. Um, and then the third one, I think, you know, is, is another one that's been talked a lot about and for good reason, which is just breath, right? So just focusing on the breath, 
Um, and if you focus on the out breath and make your out breath a little bit longer than your, your in breath, then it, it activates the, the nervous system, the part of your nervous system that tells you, you and your, your mind, your body, that you're in a rest state, that we don't need to be on high alert. Awesome. Okay. I find the, the like, obviously breath work is one that is most talked about. I think it's most recommended by uh, professionals, but I also, I think I would like to try the one that you recommended first about, you know, pressing the thumb to your palm or just using any physical sensation to bring yourself back to the present moment, especially when you're emotionally hijacked. I think that could really help people. I hope they make note of it. Going back a little to what we were talking about previously about what authenticity means to you. Um, I, I, I often wonder about this. Like we talk about being authentic to ourselves is to me, it's always, I don't know if this is a narrow definition or not, but to me, it's always meant being more true to who I believe myself to be at my very core, which is kind of what you also recommended. But you obviously, you believe that we should investigate all of those areas before we actually you know, decide how we're going to be more authentic. But we have to consider the realities of our life. There is always, the always, your reality may not always be very accommodative of what you want your life to look like. What may be true to your soul may not serve you in how your reality is shaped in that moment. So would you say, like, for example, if I want to be a writer and I decide to quit my nine to five to become a writer, but I've got a kid at home and I've got student loans, would that be being more authentic to myself if it means compromising on my responsibility or shifting them onto someone else and, you know, failing to show up the way I should for other people? Do you think I'm still being authentic, even if I am living my passion, living, doing whatever it is that truly speaks to my soul? But then there are other areas of my life that are being compromised. So, I mean, there's a few things that come up for me there. The first is that we are very multifaceted. Of course. Um, individuals right so when I talk about a value system and that's what it is it's a system right so we value many different things I I am guessing here in this scenario that 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 person doesn't just value writing right or storytelling right sure he or she also values uh, family right you know responsibility or um you know, love, that's a big value, um, kindness. So it's about looking at the whole system and being smart, right? Of like, okay, what is my actual North Star? And what is a path that is going to help me get there? I, I do notice in our in our lives, I mean, not so much, you know, now that the pandemic has has uh, come about, but we often think that we, we deserve things instantaneously. Um, it's obviously not, not the case. Life is, life is short. Life is also long. One of the, the, the biggest and most important strengths and skills we can have is grit and perseverance, resilience, and being able to understand all of the different parts of who we are and, as you said, things that we may be responsible for um, and bringing them into that ecosystem that includes our passions, our desires, what brings us that sense of accomplishment. Um, so, yeah, that's the, that's the first thing that comes up for me is that we're, we're not, it, it's 
we're multifaceted. There's many different things. And it's about understanding how these different values work together. Right. So before we make any big moves, we need to be aware of every area of our life, of how we wish for each and every area of our life to function. And I, what you're trying to say, and I hope every listener makes note of it, is that you can be authentic, but how what that authenticity looks like may differ from, you know, from time to time in your life. You can be authentic without letting that authenticity be the like be the guiding principle of your life. You can be authentic, but you can play it small in, in certain ways so that other areas of a life are not compromised in a way that is contradictory to what you believe in. Absolutely. And, and you know, this is, we are complicated beings. There is so much going on here. It's not just a value system. It's also, um, you know, many other drivers um, and, as, and also our, our re- own realities. You know, what if one of your values is to, um, you know, make other people happy? right and but what if that then compromises what makes you happy often we have to work through you know a lot of sort of um kind of like inner i don't want to say inner demons but from the from the time we're born we pick up on things that may actually hinder our own authentic development and it can take time to work through those um those issues and um those those maybe limiting beliefs that we have. Yeah, that was beautifully put. Uh, I think because especially, it's especially true for millennials, we want, we are all or nothing generation. So we, a lot of us make a lot of very impulsive decisions because we have this almost aggressive stance when it comes to authenticity, like I want to be and do what I believe in. And then we make certain decisions that when it when they interact with your current reality, they may not pan out the way you were hoping they would. And I think a lot of people then get anxiety. They they get a, other mental health challenges, and then there's emotional impact as well of all of that. So I I think I like what you've suggested that we need to be fully fully absolutely aware of everything that's going on, cultivate self awareness, and then before we make any big moves, we need to be sure that we're in touch with everything that matters. Um, yeah, and you're kind of touching on the kind of second sort of sort of two areas of, of EQ, of emotional intelligence, and I'm really simplifying here. You know, the first is sort of self-awareness and management of your own emotions and really understanding your inner world. And then there is the understanding of the outer world, of the, the external world, right, and how yeah. you show up there and how your inner world and that outer world interact um, and so it's not just about self-awareness, it's about social awareness yeah. and making sure that we understand the reality of our situation. Um, and, you know, it becomes then about how do I action, you know, this authenticity right now? What, what is possible? You know, what are my opportunities? But what also are the, those things that I need to manage and be aware of um, in order to keep going along that path? Being authentic isn't just about saying, oh, I'm a writer, therefore I'm going to quit my job and become a full-time writer. Authenticity is more about how you show up each day. Um, and if it's that, if that value, I would even kind of challenge it there and say, being a writer isn't actually a value. It's the outcome of the deeper core value, right? So yeah. really understanding what drives that desire to be a writer. And I can I can 
almost, you know, I can tell you with certainty that there's always an opportunity to be led by that deeper core driver every day and to allow it to show up every day. It doesn't have to mean that you quit your job to become a writer. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And you're bringing up like you made like a very good point here that I don't think it's ever a good idea to take an extreme uh, sort of an extreme stand ever because I don't think you are ever served well if what you're doing is goes into one extreme direction ignoring everything else because I don't think life is ever going to be that smooth and easy for any of us where we can accommodate a stand like that and you know I think I do what I love but despite that I sometimes have to do like I have to juggle a lot of balls and I have to wear a lot of hats and do things that I don't love but that are actually serving my business well so I think I do what I love, but despite that, there are certain roles that I will always, absolutely always have to play whether I want to or not. I think that applies to literally everyone. I don't think anyone has it that simplified. Absolutely. Yeah. Great. (laughs) I I hope like the younger, uh, the people leaving college and making career choices make note of that because there is definitely a very definite shift towards, you know, doing what you believe in. and, And a lot of things get ignored, but I think... Um, what you've shared is I think the more practical, the more realistic and ultimately a better, emotionally a better approach to take. Moving on, if you were to give like people some practical tips of how they can assess their resources, if there was a practical process here that could help people do that, make assessment of their resources, consider everything that they want out of their life and then make the practical choice that is also that also speaks to them on an emotional level. How can they go about that? If there's a there's a process. Mm. It's interesting. I mean, as a coach, I I don't have a set program because, as I'm sure you've you've um, understood from us having some chats, is that we are all our own individuals. Yes, yeah, absolutely. You know? So so it really depends on that that person. Of course, there's some tried and true like life lessons, right, of what helps us to see more clearly, what helps us to be more confident, right, what helps us to um, be more accepting, um, what helps us to gain experience and to learn from that experience. Um, and so, you know, let me try and, you know, come at it from from that level versus kind of saying, okay, everyone got a pen and paper, write this down and you will be led to happiness and success. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, you know, as as I was saying at the start, really the way that I work, the main philosophy that I work from is emotional intelligence. And we've talked a a lot about that. And, And that is a practice. Emotional intelligence is learnable but you must practice, right? It's like riding a bike. Um, You have to build habits around being able to see yourself clearly in any given moment, Mm -hmm. to connect with that that inner core um, instantaneously so that you you make value-based decisions, um, to be able to assess the situation you're in, to be able to listen to your gut and say, is this person trustworthy? Yeah. Can I be vulnerable with this person? Right? Yeah. Or not. To be able to, um, I mean, what I find is that 
you know most people come to me for 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 guidance and work with their their professional lives mostly because in our professional lives we find ourselves to be in relationships with people that we may not actually want to out of choice we may be clashing a lot we have different you know ideas we have different personalities and yet we need to make it work if we want to keep our job so it's about how do you manage these these types of situations how do you manage different types of people and conflict how do you build rapport with people you don't naturally connect with so it's all these are all skills right yeah that we need to learn and what we find is as we're growing up we learn you know reading writing arithmetic but we don't often learn how to be self-aware how to be socially aware how to be empathetic how to communicate properly efficiently effectively authentically um how to manage our own emotions how to manage the emotions of other people we're constantly as humans projecting our own emotions onto others we need to learn how to deal with that projection um we also need to learn how to not do that to other people um so so you know with eq i mean there are god so many different exercises and and ways to to build different the different elements of what it means to be emotionally intelligent when it comes to you know and i call it authentic leadership this idea of first guiding yourself in life no one else is going to do it for you you have to take responsibility for yourself and and you know really focus in on how do i want to lead myself what is this path that i am going along and to be flexible saying i don't have control really over much in life just myself my thoughts and my actions and so my path may and very well be <laughs> very windy yeah. right so being able to navigate and to be resilient um and to accept what is but still show up each day and decide i i'm still going to try to move forward um you know that's a, that's a practice within itself as well um and then the leadership of other people how do you you know if we're very passionate about changing the world as many millennials are then we need to be able to um you know inspire and influence other people as well um and you know that's that's another whole you know learning of of how to do that um so you know to get back to your question it really depends on you know you we're all very as we've talked about a lot today complex individuals with we're we're ecosystems right so there's a lot of moving parts and there's a lot of patterns and then we're constantly evolving as well so you know having that foundation but also being able to experiment um and and learn and have that support structure right that reflects back onto you um you can see yourself mirrored um and you can try again so there's 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 so many different kind of um areas and that's why i find that you have to have those trusted individuals in your life whether it's you know a friend or a family member or a um a professional like a coach or mentor right who is there to to help you to support you um to move along and to catalyze your own development yeah that makes sense and i think of course self awareness is like uh, the strong theme in today's episode uh 
but it's not just self-awareness it's what the knowledge that you glean out of it needs to be applied to every area of our life and built on i think is uh, something that you've mentioned that we need to apply it to our interactions with other people learning resilience and cultivating other skills that may help us survive the different situations that will come up and having a trusted group of people we can rely on for the kind of feedback that can actually help us is that right yeah yeah awesome Okay, I was going to ask you this one other question that often comes up when whenever you talk about this, this particular topic. You know, a lot of people think they want something simply because that one thing is more comfortable to do. And they often label it as the authentic choice, but you've already answered it. I think if we are more self-aware, we'll know whether we are gravitating towards something that simply allows us to be comfortable or whether we're gravitating towards something that's actually authentic to, you know, our beliefs. So I think that question has been answered there. But have you ever noticed like that tendency in your clients? Um, so the tendency being that, um, you know, we, we're kind of drawn to what's comfortable, but often what's comfortable isn't actually leading us on the authentic path. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what comes up for me there is, is um, having, you know, a clear understanding of your fear, right, of your voice of fear, right? So, you know, um, if something feels comfortable and safe, but there is this, you know, inkling within you that it's not right for you, right, then often what, what's kind of in the way is, is fear of something. You know, and it's funny, you know, I do have people that come to me saying, you know, I want to be more confident, right? Can you, can you help me be more confident? Yeah, absolutely. But what always comes before confidence is courage, always so we have to we have to help ourselves be courageous in order to to build that that um that stronger foundation that sense of confidence that understanding of of practicing authentic you know action um and so you know to be courageous it often helps to have that deeper understanding of what's holding us back and and what that fear actually is you know a, a friend um, was bringing up this concept the other day with me and he said you know I often ask myself okay you know you're feeling some sense of fear what's on the other side of that fear and he said that really helps to give me perspective of like Okay, if I'm if my fear is really what other people think, yeah. um, you know what what does how does that actually show up, and is that really relevant? Is that really leading me to a more you know fulfilling um, existence, or is it just holding me back? Um, and to add to that, I would say you still got to honor that that fear because it comes from the inner critic, and the inner critic is our inner child. So if we can kind of nurture that inner child and show it that it's not that bad, right? Okay, some people might judge us, but in the grand scheme of things, how much does that matter? And only you can answer that question, right? So so really having that relationship with the, with the inner critic, the inner child is helpful. And there's a great exercise that I'll often use with my clients. It's called the inner mentor. Um, and I first heard of it from an excellent coach called Tara Moore. And, you know, the inner mentor is really that wiser, older version of ourselves. So it, it, it balances out the inner critic, which is the inner child, right? And 
really having that relationship with the inner mentor is is incredible to help us really get to that other side of fear and to be courageous and to act more authentically if we feel like something else is holding us back like the judgment of others or or knowing that you know special people in our lives want something different for us that can be very difficult to work against so if we have that relationship with the inner mentor and we often can get it through you know really meditation visualization reflection stream of consciousness writing just like who is that inner mentor and really building a relationship with him or her and calling on it in that time of need okay so th- that was wonderfully put and i think i like that that gave a pretty good understanding of our concern here if you find yourself always choosing the more comfortable option that that choice may be guided by fear and if you can identify that again that the whole process would be supported by better self awareness uh and but if you can identify that you need to nurture your uh, inner critic with the guidance that you get from your inner mentor and you need to be like use tools like visualization mindfulness tools like uh, journaling perhaps to be able to do that is that correct Mm. Yeah, and I would say, you know, nurture a relationship with the inner critic yeah. versus nurturing it, right? Of okay, of, not, okay. of letting it be heard. Cuz if if you squash it, it's just going to get louder. Absolutely. Right? Agree, so yeah. so let it be heard, have that relationship with it so that it it actually then becomes more quiet and the inner mental becomes stronger. And I think another important point here is just stamina, sustainability right understanding your version of that right you may you may need to have some level of comfort each day each week right to sustain yourself and 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 not comparing yourself to others there may be others who don't need so much of that right and there may be others who need more but we all have our different sort of pace at different stages of our lives Yeah. I honestly believe and that uh, has been my experience in life. Discomfort is almost necessary for growth, but if all you have is discomfort, you could be on the right path, but there would be so much emotional sort of uh, such so many emotionally negative repercussions that you may not be able to sustain it for very long and as you pointed it out, sustainability is very important. I think pretty much every successful person I have ever spoken to has told me that you you have to stick to it. Right, but those people also knew what they needed of to course. keep going. Of course. And so it's having feeling like, you know, and I see this quite a bit of of, you know, when, with clients who have burnout or or may not be at that stage yet but are extremely stressed, right? They are not nurturing themselves. And and it's quite simple right it's it's <laughs> sleep nutrition um mental health physical well-being um support systems loving relationships right these are core foundational elements for a reason they sound so simple and yet what i see often in highly successful people right is that they they aren't being um those needs aren't being met so we need to understand and this comes back to authenticity we need to understand what our specific needs are in any given moment right because they are constantly changing um day to day year to year decade to decade so having that constant connection with your needs as well is important okay 
that makes sense and you've mentioned uh, that you need to know what your go-to people are you need to have a strong support system now this is something i want to ask you because i think this is something we all struggle with quite a lot in our life people we love may not necessarily be the right kind of support system because i think when we're making big moves big decisions in our life we need feedback given to us in a certain way that doesn't make us shut down that's not judgmental or you know there have to be certain qualities there so are there any like specific qualities you would advise people to look for as and when they're choosing their their sort of their inner circle you know the people they go to for advice because you can love someone and absolutely you know adore having them in your life but they would not be the people they may not always be the people you go to for advice to start on the more kind of you know harsh side is that yeah we we really need to learn who we can trust and who we can be vulnerable with being vulnerable is really important but it's just as important to be smart about it um and so you know developing that ability to pretty efficiently know who can be trusted and who can't is important and sometimes we just need to learn by doing right there are going to be times you're like oh no <laughs> that kind of that that burnt me and that's okay but but really understanding who's trustworthy and who you who you can be vulnerable with and that again comes from that connection with self because your gut that intelligence that intuitive intelligence already knows who you can trust and who you can be vulnerable with but we need to build that connection with our intuition um and hear what it is telling us i think on the point of loved ones who we may trust and who we 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 love but they have a different idea of what they want our lives to be i, I mean there's many things i could say here but i think the most important thing is empathy you need to practice empathy with them if you love them right then you you obviously want a relationship with them you need to understand where they're coming from um and see that okay they have maybe a different value system they have had a different experience of life um maybe they're driven by fear and fear for us um so when you are when you are um you know kind of leading with empathy there you can have a more open um conversation and line of communication with them and there's less emotion involved so you're able to more um you know clarify for them what's driving you what's important for you and maybe even there may be a need for you to explain how and why you're doing something to put them more at ease and if everything else fails right then again it comes back to relationship management you know being smart with what you divulge and what you don't um and making those conscious decisions of is this decision right now the best one for me or not you know and um you know i'm i'm managing and juggling relationships but i'm also trying to achieve something you know that's important to me and how do i how do i manage both of these things right okay that makes sense and i think we also need to remember that every time we get a feedback from someone there is always a reason there's always a story there why someone takes a certain approach and you have to constantly remind yourself there's always 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 a story at play and i think that what you've said is i think helpful there yeah and i think i would add to that what's happening there is there is an emotional trigger right so 
we have to first work through that emotional hijacking or that fight or flight or that whatever it is that is coming up for you. Is it frustration or is it, you know, your feelings hurt, there um, sadness or anger, whatever it is, is observing what you feel, understanding you might be in a bit of an emotional hijacking, letting that emotion work through enough for you then to ask yourself that question, well, what is it telling me? Right. What is this emotion telling me and how can it guide me? Then you can have access to that empathy. Right. You've got to work through your own emotions first um, in order to be able to say, OK, where where are they coming from? And then that gives you perspective. You're able to say, OK, um, what's this information and how can I use it to grow? How can I use it You know, to 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 harness that more growth mindset versus that fixed mindset because it's very easy to go into that place of, of um, yeah, frustration um, or resentment even. Um, so just manage what you feel as well and that you can just call that self-empathy, right, and balancing them out. Yeah, no, you are absolutely on point here. You need to first work on yourself. You need to be to first work with your own emotions before you put yourself in what is a, in an inevitable position of judging where the other person is coming from. You're going to have to do that if you are going to have a long-term relationship with anyone. But you need to first know where your emotions are coming from so that they don't I think, muddy the ground. Yeah, and, you know, th- this doesn't work in every scenario, but what I do hear a lot is, you know, when there isn't enough communication and there are assumptions at play. So when we can openly and transparently communicate, especially to the ones we love and repetitively do that, then they start to understand it from our perspective, right? And and so you're helping them to use their empathy too. Yeah, and I'll add to what you've shared. Uh, I'm a big fan of plain speaking. So when nothing else is working out for you or when you are sort of, it's a very complicated situation and you really don't have the delicacy to handle it, go for plain speaking. I think that works, at least it works for me because I feel like if I've been honest with you to the best of my ability, then at least I can sort of step back and let things play out then because I've played my role as best as I could and I played it with integrity. So when things don't make sense, just as you said, communicate and when communication is getting complicated, go for plain speaking, I think. Just be clear and respectful, of course, but be clear about exactly what is bothering you and what your expectations are in that situation. Uh, I don't know if that would that works for everyone, but it definitely works for me. <laughs> yeah, and that comes back to authenticity, right? Just knowing what works for you and then being open to, to growing and evolving and learning from other people. You know, and that's that's really a joy of life where you you do see your own development um, and are kind of adding to that value system. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yes. When we are at the receiving end of non-constructive feedback in our life, it is possible that that feedback may be given to us out of resentment, out of anger. But despite that, sometimes the feedback that we get, there is something in it. There's something there for us to learn. How do we take that on board without letting it be the only thing guiding our next move? Yeah, um, (laughs) the word that really came up for me when you were saying that was like sting. Like feedback can really sting. 
right? Yes. And so we do always want to learn from it. And, and that's the idea. The idea is to take it on board, right? To be strong, resilient, and grow and learn. Wonderful. But the reality is, is we are sensitive, you know, and we do want people to like us and we do want to please people or we, or, you know, whatever it is. And so understanding what that, what those drivers are, they're the kind of extrinsic, you know, motivations. And, and again, honoring them, we, we want to quiet them down. We ultimately want to eradicate them, right? But we also need to understand where we're at in that stage and that development. And so kind of saying, okay, I do feel a bit stung. You know, people do talk about the growth mindset and I'm completely, you know, on board with that and we don't want to have a fixed mindset. But the, the part of the process that people forget is that we, we do need to lick our wounds a little bit. We do need to self-soothe. We do need to work through, you know, those, those yeah, those, those um, hurt feelings. Um, and the more we can practice that the more efficient we become at it right and the quicker we can pick ourselves up learn from it right take on the feedback that we think is actually relevant because not all feedback is relevant so seeing the difference there and 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 then you know taking it on board awesome wonderfully put so not completely ignoring it or going into a defensive mode but giving ourselves time to lick our wounds, to process whatever emotions come up and, you know, when you receive such feedback. But then once we feel comfortable, once we feel protected enough, uh, if that's the right term, uh, then processing the feedback that we've actually been given, going through it, making sense of it and taking what we need to take from it and letting the rest of it go. Yeah, right? and that's where your support system comes in, you know. Having course, those people yes. who, you know, ultimately we want to build such a strong inner support system, right, that we are resilient um, and strong on our own. But the reality is, is that, you know, that, that external support system is really what can catalyze that um, and letting people help you through that difficult process of, you know, realizing some parts of yourself that, you know, you may need to to work through and um, and, you know, eradicate yeah yeah that makes sense and i would add to that that not all your support system doesn't always have to be made up of uh you know people in your personal life it could sometimes even be people you've never met it could be like it could be anyone i think what we need to remember is what you've already shared we need to work from a place of self-knowledge and make and obviously we have to keep applying uh, our self-awareness, as well as our experiences to the interactions that we have, each interaction that follows, and maybe make the next one a little bit better. And then hopefully we'll, at the end of it, we will have a support system. That's exactly what we need. And that support system could be made up of anyone. Okay. So if there are any resources that you would recommend, including the resources, like including uh, whatever programs you have so that people can work with you. Yeah. Um, so I, I, really mainly do one-on-one -on -one coaching um and you know um i'm sure you'll, you'll you can share where people can find more info on that um on my website um and you know i i as i said i don't have kind of like this step-by-step -step program because i really see people as, as such individuals um but if i was to give like one you know really practical exercise you know i think i would um 
maybe I'll give two. The first is just a stream of consciousness writing exercise. Some people may find this uncomfortable. All I ask you to do is get a plain piece of paper and a pen and start writing, but not thinking. Sounds strange, but if you just start writing and see what comes out, it can be really effective in releasing any of that tension inside that is kind of clouding, you know, some of that wisdom and intelligence that, you know, we all have inside of us. And that's always just like a a helpful exercise to do in order to kind of be guided with, okay, what do I need to focus on? What, you know, what is it that I want to develop? What are my goals? Um, You know, what, what, what are my challenges? And I think, you know, starting with some sort of values exercise um, in order to be reacquainted with those drivers, you know, those those um, important kind of foundational aspects of our life um, to, to really start kind of centering yourself um, and, and doing that kind of stuff before you start to design a path, right? Um, it... I feel like that is probably the most helpful in in terms of what we've spoken about today. Right. That's helpful. That is definitely helpful. And any like any book or podcast or website you recommend that can help people learn more? Yeah, gosh, a book. I mean, God, there's so many. So many, yeah, true. I I think from what we've spoken about today, I think think Mindset by Carol Dweck. Okay. I think your listeners would really enjoy. you know, it talks about the difference between a growth mindset and a fixed mindset and how really society sets us up with a fixed mindset. That's how we're often brought up. So we as as adults often need to, you know, unlearn and relearn how to practice a growth mindset. Okay, that's uh, that sounds like a fascinating read. I'm going to get my hands on it. <laughs> I've not read it yet. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, it's great. I think you'll yeah. enjoy it. Uh, and uh, if you were to give just one tip uh, to the listeners that can help them enhance their life, just one tip, what would that be? Oof. Um, I would do some sort of micro self-connection. I'll just call it that. Wow. <laughs> going, okay. back to, going back to what we said before of, you know, body-mind connection in the moment, Right. Um, I, I think those micro ways of connecting with yourself, micro ways of just bringing yourself back to the present moment um, is so it's more important than ever right now with what we are all going through. Um, and and that's you got to it's a habit. You've got to build it. Right. So meditation, yoga, sleep, all this stuff. So incredibly helpful. But, you know, you've got to start somewhere. So if you can just do, you know, those micro moments of present mindedness, self-connection, you know, you'll start to reap some of those benefits in a very, you know, simple way. So that was Amelia Cruz, and I am so grateful to have had her on this show. If you want the list of resources mentioned in this episode, you can get it on my website, redefinednarrative.com. Search for the podcast episode, and there should be a list of resources and links for you to explore. And if you want to get in touch with our guest, the page will have all their relevant information. Now, if you found today's episode useful, please rate and review the show on iTunes or share it on Instagram. It will help others find the information should they need it. 
Remember to tag me at mehra underscore crappy so that I can thank you for your time. And if there is any particular issue or concern you would like for me to cover on the show, reach out to me on Instagram or use the contact page on my website. That's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back next week. Till then, please do take care of yourself.